And now, the Street Photography Magazine podcast with your host, Bob Patterson. Hello, and welcome to the Street Photography Magazine podcast. You have a different host today. It's me, Ashley Rifo, the editor. And that's because we have a special guest of honor, who is Bob Patterson. The reason we've got him on today is because the magazine has been running for 10 years. So we have a special 10-year anniversary podcast today. So hi, Bob. How's it feel to be on the other end of the of the interview? Well, thanks, Ashley. It's an honor <laughs> to be your guest today. And <laughs> I have to admit, I'm a little nervous. I've only been interviewed a few times on podcasts or whatever. And so now I know what it's like to be on the other side of the microphone. So, but <laughs> thanks for doing this. Yeah, should be fun. So I guess we'll just get right into it and start with our main question that we always ask everybody. How did you get into photography and street photography? Ah, well, photography, I started, well, started when I was very young, just with my interest in looking at uh, magazines. My parents, like a lot of parents in the 50s and 60s, got Life magazine and Look magazine. And I was just enamored with the photos and National Geographic, too. I have to add that. Mm. Um, but I think those early years of, of looking at the photos by people like W. Eugene Smith and you know other famous photographers in Life magazine, it, it sort of formed a, uh, I guess a style in my head. I, I'm always attracted to, to monochrome. And... Uh, just photos of things that are really happening as they're happening, which eventually drew me to street photography. But yeah, as so a, how did that happen? Well, yeah, I mean, as a photographer, uh, I started when I was pretty young. My parents got me a darkroom kit uh, that I used oh. in the in the bathroom. I didn't have an enlarger, <laughs> so I made lots of contact sheets. And uh, we had a family camera, a brownie camera little brown box cameras that everybody owned back then and i just started taking pictures and developing them and i just i love whenever i'd put that put that paper in the uh <laughs> in the developer and that image would magically appear i can still smell the uh developer to this day <laughs> when i think about that and who knows yeah. what that chemical does to you. So I'm glad I don't no longer use it. Maybe literally. <laughs> yeah. So that's, yeah, so that's how I did that. And then, um, you know, I really didn't get, I did photography throughout my life off and on. And I, um, I started getting back into it again when my son was getting ready to go to college. He wanted to be a, um, um, he wanted to be a photojournalist. And he went to my alma mater, Ohio University, which has a fabulous photojournalism program. But, you know, it whet my appetite, especially seeing the work he did uh, mm. and does. He, he's an excellent documentary photographer, and it, it got me going again. Um, did you inspire him to take that route? Or? No, not at all. He just, I think, discovered it on his own. Of course, when he went to college, that's what they taught. Mm. And... uh he even studied under uh, Pete Souza, who was Obama's photographer. Oh. He was a professor at Howard University. He was there for a while. 
which is really cool. But I um trying to remember what I was gonna say there. I you know, I've always been drawn to I guess real life photography, documentary, um, you know, unposed, unscripted. And uh, you know, I took lots of photo classes online. I took, uh, matter of fact, I I signed up to take a class uh, from a company called Better Photo. I used to do these online photo classes. But they weren't online. You could do it by like a conference call. We couldn't see mm-hmm. each other at the time. We didn't have Zoom. <laughs> and uh, there was a class I was going to take on portraiture by a guy named named Aberian X Perello, who is the host of the Candid Frame. Highly recommended it, photography podcast. And he, uh, and in the syllabus, it said one of the things you have to do is go out on the street and photograph strangers. And when I read that, I broke into a cold sweat. <laughs> and I said, I think I'm going to take a different class. And then I wound up taking a street photography class. I go, this sounds interesting because that's something I like. And that's really when I first understood that there was something called street photography. This is back in. 2005 maybe something okay. like that and oh you know it was probably before that no, i take and so i took this class and i met up with a guy named joe wigfall uh who was in new york excellent street photographer and after the class ended we started a flicker group a private flicker group and it was um a group of street photographers and we did, mm. you know have different assignments and things and uh uh, I still know some of the people from there. Um, and that got me going. Wow. Okay. So yeah. here's, here's what everyone wants to know. The burning question. What's how that? did, how was the magazine born? Ah, the magazine was born by almost by accident. <laughs> I, you know, I got into web development back in, uh, in remember when we had that big financial meltdown was it 2008 2009 um sounds about right. and pardon sounds about right yeah sounds about right and i i found myself out of work i was in my 50s mm. and it's really hard to find a well-paying job in your 50s because people think oh this guy's done for you know <laughs> <laughs> we'll get somebody younger uh, it was, you know, it was really tough. I mean, there were unemployment was very high, and I said, "Well, it's time to do something on my own." And and I um, always been a geek. I've been in, I was in the tech field my entire career, and I started doing WordPress development. Uh, and I was creating websites for people who are were like me, laid off executives, managers. Mm-hmm. And they wanted to do their own business online. And, and a lot of them wanted to like teach online courses or if they were like consultants or coaches, they wanted to take some of the things that they teach people and sell like a, a course, mm-hmm. uh, like a mini version of it online. And that's what I did. I, I connected very easily with these people because I was in the same situation. And I started building um, training websites, online training. and. And that was, and then Apple came out with what they called the newsstand. The iPad was fairly new, and they had this what they called the newsstand, where anybody could really get an app 
and build a periodical, a, a magazine with it. And I thought that was really cool. Uh, one of the first ones was called The Magazine by, uh, this is Marco Armit, who was one of the founders of, um, yeah, I forget, I forget what company now. Anyway, I used to listen to him on podcasts a lot. I go, that's really cool. And having a journalism background. Yeah. I made, by the way, I majored in, in, uh, in journalism and communications in college. So having a journalism background, I thought, well, this is good. I could make my own magazine if I wanted. And uh, I signed up to get a, uh, to get an app, actually to get a, have a license for an app mm -hmm. to build a magazine. And I thought, you know, this technology could be good for people who want to do courses. They could make what's essentially a magazine, electronic magazine, but use it for a series for yeah. uh, some type of a course. I thought, well, my clients might be able to use this. So I got this license and, um, and I went through the training program with the, uh, the people who developed the app. And I said, okay, now I have to make a magazine or something. And I was going to do one on membership site management. That's what I created was membership sites. Mm -hmm. And I thought that's boring. Who cares about that? I want to do it on something that I like, which is street photography. So I made Street Photography Magazine. The name was available, and it was only on the iPad for quite wow. a while. Um, I don't know if it was only on the iPad when when we got together. I can't remember. And um, so that's how it started. I thought, oh, I'm going to do this for a few months just to understand how it works, and then I'll shut it down. Well, I launched it. And it took off. And I liked it. I liked doing it. Yeah. Although I needed help, <laughs> which is where you come along. Enter me. <laughs> Enter you. Yeah. <laughs> but the, the original version, it was actually a PDF. And we had to upload these PDFs of, we actually had to make a PDF version of each article, upload it. And then I think you did, had to do this. And then we had to go in and we had to add links to this document. It was really clunky and time-consuming <laughs> and limited. Um, and because uh, you remember doing that, right? You did, you did some of that stuff. I'm not sure. It's been so well, long now. That's true. We've been, we've been through a few platforms, actually. True. Uh, quite a few. And, but we did that for a couple years. And then I won't get into all the details unless you ask me, but uh, uh, <laughs> so it was this PDF thing, but it, it sold really well. And eventually Apple got rid of the newsstand and they, we just became apps like any other app. And uh, so it was made it much harder to find. Can you believe 10 years have passed since then? No, no. So I guess it, it didn't last six months. It's, it's gone on for 10 years. Yeah, we've changed. Uh, yeah, we've changed platforms a couple times, and uh, being a WordPress developer, I still am. Uh, it's all built on WordPress, and uh, as you know, we stopped doing the iPad and the Android apps mm -hmm. about a year ago, um, and it hasn't hurt the business at all. I actually, I mean, personally, I think. The web version of the magazine is much better than the old app version uh, yeah. for user experience. Yeah, I think so too. Good. I'm glad you agree with me. <laughs> 
So, wow. So were you nervous to start this magazine in the beginning? Street photography, you liked it, but you're not like a professional street photographer. So how is anybody? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe not. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe not. Yeah. Well, there's professionals who do street photography and there's professionals who teach street photography. I don't know many people who make a living at it. Yeah, that's true. And that leads me to another question. Okay. (laughs) So 10 years doing this magazine, it does well. We have some really awesome subscribers, but it's not making you rich. So why do you you keep going with this? Because I love it. It's just, it's a labor of love. And, you know, I now have the time. I, I, uh, you know, got out of the web development business. And yeah, why? That's a good question. Sometimes it drives me crazy. (laughs) Mainly the technology trying to fix. We just had a conversation earlier today, you know, something I'm trying to fix on the website. But but I love it. I I love street photography. I love documentary photography. The people are really cool. I've met some of the coolest people I've ever met in my life through this magazine. Um, when we, whenever we travel, we travel overseas. I've uh, been able to connect with people that I've met through the magazine. Um, and also in the U.S. Many times, uh, you know, I've made so many friends. Many times I've been able to just sit down and have a coffee or beer with somebody that, uh, you know, we'd met through the magazine, maybe wrote an article or we interviewed for the podcast or whatever. So it's, yeah. it's just fun. I mean, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> Do you feel like the magazine building the magazine and connecting with all these people has influenced your journey as a street photographer? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I think I have a long way to go. I'm like, I'm still not good enough to be in the magazine myself. I never make it past our editor ever. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes. Um, but I've, yeah, I, I've learned just so much from, you know, the people I've met, people like Harvey Stein, mm. uh, Mike Ruggiero, who happens to live in our area now. This helped me tremendously. Very talented photographer. I can, I can name lots of names. Paul Reed. I hope you're listening, Paul. And, uh, <laughs> uh, Almost everybody. It just, you know, you learn so much when you're connected with other people with, with similar interests. What are no matter what it is. Yeah. How about you? Or am, or am I, I not, I'm not supposed to ask you questions, right? <laughs> no, we always say that our guests can ask us questions too, right? They just yeah, don't take advantage right. of the of the opportunity sometimes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I was thinking about that as I was thinking what questions to ask you and. I think one thing I've learned is that street photography, to be really good at it, it's um, it's not an overnight process. No, Most of the people we've interviewed not. that are really good street photographers have been at it for years, decades, and it is a labor of love. <laughs> it is. And it just takes practice. You know, I feel like that's the big secret. It's not a secret, but it's the one that's hard to put into practice. If you If you just set aside time to practice you'll get better over yep. time <laughs> pay attention yeah be mindful but that's the big word now but you're right it is a lot of practice i mean you came to this you weren't a photographer yeah you're, no. you're married to one very mm-hmm. good photographer 
But at the time, remember, I was living in Bolivia, and I yeah. do have photos from that time that I feel like qualify as street or documentary photography. Sure. And that's the kind of photography I I liked too, and the the photos that I held on to after all these years. Um, but I guess that's another key. Probably that's basically what you've been saying is just being in surrounded by that community of people and seeing other people's work and getting to know other people's projects that can give you the motivation to, to get out there and practice yeah, <laughs> and do because, the work. <laughs> yeah. Cause it's a lonely pursuit and you're out there mm -hmm. by yourself generally and you're processing the images, you're editing. I mean, deciding what stays and what goes by yourself mm -hmm. and it always helps to connect with somebody else. Yeah, for sure. I'd like to take a quick break to thank the Street Photography Magazine subscribers for your support. We couldn't do this without you. You may have noticed that we don't sell advertising or sponsorships in the podcast or inside Street Photography Magazine itself. And that's because we want to be completely objective about the work we publish and the services and gear that we cover. Our only constituent is you, our listeners and readers. So if you like what we're doing, you can support the show by subscribing to Street Photography Magazine. It's only $5 per month, and you can do it by visiting streetphotographymagazine.com slash subscribe. And now back to the show. I've been, uh, I'm working on a project now um, about jazz musicians in, in my area. We have a very eclectic very rich community of jazz musicians in this part of virginia probably mainly because it's a university town and mm -hmm. i have an opportunity because they all have to work together hmm. you know except for people who play solo but they come together a big band or small you know trio or whatever and they all have to work together they have to communicate and encourage each other and that's something photographers don't have a lot because we're mm -hmm. You know, we're so separate. And so it, I, I've learned a lot from them about how they help each other, you know, even while they're playing. Yeah. And Have uh, you taken lessons away from that that can help photographers? Practice. <laughs> These guys are yeah. not guys. These men and women are good. I mean, they're really, really good musicians. Um, they practice a lot. They practice a lot. They play a lot. You know, it's just in their blood and they can't stop mm. and it's amazing they all uh, i've been photographing this jam session where they, once a month they get together people who don't even know each other they all show up and they're able to play the same songs wow and you know and then they play off of each other and and they you know they take turns soloing and and it, it's really interesting coming from the outside to see that dynamic and we should do a street photography jam session. It'll be like a photo walk. Yeah. Well, there's, uh, yeah. <laughs> actually, actually, um, I'm hoping that we're going to sponsor a photo walk at um, Focus on the Story. If uh, I think they're having that again this year up in Washington D.C. And nice. uh, I want I want to sponsor. I had talked to them last year at at the event and. And uh, it's not for sure yet. So stay tuned, everyone. Stay stay tuned. <laughs> but they're definitely, yeah, photo walks are a lot of fun. Um, yeah. You know, I live near Fredericksburg, Virginia. In the last couple of years, they've yeah. had a uh, 
it's it's a photo contest and everybody shows up and they go out and shoot and i was the a judge the first year i would have done it last year but i was out of the country and uh everybody shoots they've got a they've got to narrow down their images and submit them that same day and then they're judged and then it was a lot of fun nice yeah yeah that's the um uh, collective the uh fredericksburg yeah fxbg uh street photo <laughs> collective they uh ted nelson started it there and he they great community yeah I, I can remember some of your photos you've gotten just being out and about with those guys yeah yeah but it's nice doing it in a group they came here we had a photo walk here put on by a local camera store and they came two years ago i guess and it's really neat to see your own town through somebody else's eyes that is true especially when you live in a small town you get tired of looking at the same thing over mm -hmm. and over or you don't notice things yeah and then when somebody or new it just comes, feels boring can, like what you see just feels yeah, boring can and these guys show up and they're going oh look at that look at that and i kind of gee i walk by that every day and <laughs> didn't even think about it yeah that's true <laughs> yeah yeah so a good thing to do is go out with somebody who's not from your area photography jam sessions that's photography what jam oh, that's what called. <laughs> there's photography slam mm, yes yeah so do you have any favorites from over the years in the magazine any favorite photographers or articles or issues that just stuck with you and maybe changed uh, the way you shot or there's a lot there's just a lot one i think that really comes to mind that uh, i think about a lot and it was done by glenn capers who mm -hmm. unfortunately passed away a few years ago maybe four years ago now uh he was um ap photojournalist mm -hmm. um did lots of workshops he did very interesting workshops he'd go to like some place in africa and they might be there for three weeks really yeah. intensive um yeah. and uh so he found the magazine and started contributing to it and he did a um photo essay series on a guy in somewhere in central america i forget what country i'm gonna have to look it up and you can find the article it's it's in the magazine and that his photos are still his website is still active so you can even go mm -hmm. see it i think the last time i looked and it was about the um school teacher strike in this school district a small town and the teachers were on strike and there was a janitor in the school and he started dressing up like superman to support to you know help show support for the school teachers and he followed this guy around he went to his home his work on the street and he went around everywhere wearing this superman costume even in his home <laughs> and the photos that he made uh just i think they were just incredible and they just stick out with me all the time he did he had a lot different style uh he had a lot different look uh to his photos uh the way he processed them not nothing i don't do it that way but mm -hmm. um that was that was a biggie for me the mm -hmm. superman 
I want to put yeah. the link to it in the, uh, yeah, in the definitely. notes for sure. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's a big one. Um, another one was done by a guy who's not even a professional photographer, uh, Andy Hahn. He, he did a couple. And uh, the one that really stuck out, he did uh, in L.A. with um, these guys who create, make these custom bicycles. Yeah, I remember and that one. If you see the guys on the street, you'd go the other way. They look scary. <laughs> you know, they're they're all like, uh, you know, from the hood. And but it's just a community that gets together and they make these really cool tricked out bicycles and they ride them around and you know have parties and things. And just the job that he did on that, the, you know, the the way he communicated yeah. the camaraderie and the artistry of these people. Was incredible. I loved that project too. Yeah. That one sticks with me. I like yeah. how, you know, he was able to kind of—I was not the word I want to use, but like infiltrate the community. But he, the way he described it, like he was welcomed with open arms, and yes, they just let this guy follow him around with a camera and took care of him when they're in a rough part of town. And and I don't know, it sticks with me as like doing street photography. It sure it's a solo endeavor and probably most of us are lone wolves in at our in our hearts. <laughs> but you can also make such good friends and and just get to know people that are totally different from you. I like that about it. That's true. You know, one of the most important things in doing a, a project like that is gaining the trust mm -hmm. of the um of your subjects. Of your subjects. You know, yeah. if you're just there carrying the camera around and going bang, bang, bang in their face. You know they're they're not going to know you basically. Mm -hmm. You get you know get to know each other, and um, you know when they're comfortable with you, they open up, and you're really able to you know photograph them. You know it's yeah. not just a nice picture, but there's there's you know certain underlying emotion to it, and those are some of the best the, the best project, the best images that that I like. Anyway. Yeah, same. I think that's another thing I've learned from this magazine. I think I lean in what I uh, like to do and see. I think I lean a little farther over the documentary line than the street line. Yeah, I certainly <laughs> I do. I know it's a blurry line anyway, but. Well, yeah, yeah, definitely. But, you know, I, I, I like interacting with people and getting to know mm -hmm. them. And I, you know, just in my own personal work, it's hard for me to evaluate my own work. But I think that my stronger images are ones where I've actually connected with the people. Yeah. And just a, you know, a random candid shot. I mean, and so many people are so good at that. Yeah, and, they really are. And uh, I'm not, I want to be. I wonder, actually, yeah. now that you mention it, I wonder if that comes from where you're from or where you live. Because if you live in a, a smaller town or a yeah. smaller community, it's, kind of harder to get a memorable urban shot <laughs> or take pictures of strangers without them caring. You know, if you, some really good street work comes, a lot of it comes from New York, from big cities, not even LA because LA is so spread out. It's, there's yeah, not like such an urban core. It's a big collection of suburbs. I shouldn't yeah. say that downtown LA, a lot of people do good work down there. Yeah, it's true. But you can kind of understand why a lot of stuff comes out of New York, Miami. Yeah. Or is that just urban. an excuse? It could be. A, yeah. I don't know. 
I'm just throwing an idea yeah, out there. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's easier. Although when I go to places like New York, I, I'm overwhelmed because there's just so mm -hmm. much. Yeah. So yeah. much. So I say, I wonder if it has to do with, with where you're from. If you're coming from a, a city background or a rural background, if yeah. it makes a difference. Mm -hmm. um, small town, rural, actually. Lived Same. in Cleveland most of my life, but Cleveland's a, a big collection of suburbs. You know, there's there's no there's a real nice downtown, but it's not like an it's not it's changed a lot lately, but a lot of people don't live live there. Yeah. So I think it makes a difference when you're where people live. Yeah. You know, when you're just where they work where they work, well, they're just when they're outside, they're just going and coming between work and lunch or their car or whatever. Yeah. Not, and not, I guess we've seen over the years, good street, not so much documentary, but just plain street photography coming from cities that aren't that big either. Oh, sure. And even, even small towns. So, so never mind. My theory was erroneous. That's all right. You're just exploring <laughs> your thinking. You have to do that. You know, you want to talk it out. Well, how about you? Yeah. Okay. So you came to this, you weren't even a, you weren't really a, didn't consider yourself a photographer. I mean, with all the no, work you've seen. Point huh? and shoot. <laughs> I just yeah. had my little point and shoot. Yeah. Well, now you're, now you're a Fuji person. That's good. <laughs> so, I mean, how, how has it helped you evolve? You didn't expect me to ask you a question like that. No, I didn't. As not. a photographer. Yeah. I mean, you have other things going on, but I got to say, Ashley has an excellent eye and. When I want to get an opinion on some of my own photos, she's the first person I ask. Well, thanks. Um, probably ask my helps huh? having looked at 10 years worth of yeah. good projects coming in. I'm sure that helps. That's, well, that's true. That's true. I don't good. know. Working for the magazine opened my eyes to the genre of street photography, which I didn't really, it wasn't on my radar at all back in the day. Um, and... It's it's made me think more about, I know this seems like not <laughs> in the right direction, but it's made me think more about gear. A lot of the people who come on here, I, like I'm basically still uninterested in gear, but having had <laughs> so many photographers come on who are very, like they love the science of photography and the gear and the, it helped me realize that, okay, gear is important. Like you do have to know your camera and you do have to know how a camera works oh, pretty well. And then you can take good photos. Um, so it's got me, I guess, out of point and shoot mode. I now have an actual camera that I could uh -huh. basically work in manual mode. <laughs> so I think that's a that's a step. That's a progress uh, <laughs> in photography. But still, like, that's important. But at the heart of it's the storytelling, I guess. And yeah. I think having seen so many stories come through and then working as the editor having to look at projects and decide okay what project's really telling a good story why um and even talking it out with you having to verbalize what's the story here is it a good story and and the why why or why not um having why to think I... that out i think helps my own work because now sometimes it's always hard with your own work so not always but sometimes i can look at a, a photo now and say yeah, I liked this photo, but it's not 
it's sentimental. It's not a great photo. There's not a great story. The good story behind it is the story I know because I took the photo. Uh-huh. So kind of being able to yeah. differentiate what photo holds its own as a story or series and what photo oh, I just like it because I know the story. Like being able to figure that out, I think is is a skill I've gained, I guess. You um you spend a lot of time editing other people's work. Has that helped you or hurt you in editing your own? That's a tough call. I, I want to say I think it's helped because sometimes if I'm having trouble, I can step back and say, okay, if I was going to look at this for the magazine, would I publish it or not? And sometimes I've been able to get out of my head and say, no, I would not publish that. <laughs> it's not that good. <laughs> but I think that's where it comes the difference between did you make a photo or a series of photos that tells the story on its own? And clearly, I'm not against having written content with your work that it tells the story as well. I think they can work together. But sometimes you make a photo series and you can have all the love in your heart for it, but it's, it's just personal. Yeah. It's not something that works as a series that everybody... In, that the general public is going to get or be able to read the story without needing a whole mm -hmm. lot of, I don't, I don't know if I'm explaining this at all. Yeah, you are. Well. You are. <laughs> well, you know, I guess in that case you can print them and put them on your own wall or yeah. make your own book, your own personal book or something. No, I loved that suggestion from who were we talking to not that long ago? Amy, Amy Touchette. Yes. Yes. She, she was did. saying, print it, get out the painter's tape, stick it all to the wall. She's Moving right around. about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I just, uh, I got a decent photo printer right at the first of this year. And it's made a difference to me. I had yeah. some photos from like in Portugal. I go, oh, I really like this okay. one. I'm going to print it. I print it out. I go, that's not so good. <laughs> <laughs> Too bad I wasted the ink and the paper. <laughs> but it makes a difference when you print them. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Hanging on the wall for a while. Do you still like it? Have you been doing that with your jazz photos? Uh, no, I, I, I've been printing them. Um, mm -hmm. I usually print them for the people, for my subjects. Mm -hmm. uh, some that I particularly like. And uh, so I, I print them out and give them to them as gifts. It's basically yeah. a thank you. But I won't print anything that I, I wouldn't want to hang up myself. So that's a really nice project that's developing. What do you, what plans do you have for this project? Are you going to do something with it or is it just? I, I don't know where it's going yet. I'll probably do an article in the magazine with it. Um, there Actually, I can go several directions with it. There's like, you can do a, a project that's a fixed time period as a mm -hmm. beginning and an end, beginning or just as ongoing. So what I'm doing right now could be ongoing. I could, um, you know, I could just do it from now until I stop photographing if I want. But mm -hmm. but it can create other like sub projects. I may there's a few individuals I may do a project just on that individual mm. and interview them uh, or a particular venue. You know, we have a place yeah. here that has lots of you know it's a bar club and. 
they have lots of jazz performers come through if there i could do something on on that particular venue yeah um, and they i was as a result of this i've been asked to be the photographer for our local jazz society so i nice. i'm shooting all their concerts awesome it's really cool <laughs> yeah except you have to stay out of the way that's it i'm learning <laughs> <laughs> but uh have you watched yeah. any shows yet by being in the way <laughs> i i've watched shows for sure but i try to stay out of the way but yeah okay, i can't okay. go stumbling across the stage <laughs> you'll have to work out some jazz dance moves to act like you're part of the show in case you <laughs> yeah. stumble onto the stage yeah you don't want that <laughs> yeah, <that's... laughs> yeah i can barely read music so um yeah so that's yeah that's cool so yeah i don't know where it's going to go yet but it's uh i'm I'm still working on my, on my project statement you know okay what is this i'm doing it all in monochrome okay although i, so I now, also you started out this this journey as a fuji person and now you're a lake person right so sort of Sort of. sort of i take my yeah oh i do <laughs> i i have i have the you know the q2 monochrome which will use mm -hmm. it for the project i could easily do it with the fuji and uh, i may i i i take my i have x x pro 2 it's like what nine eight nine years old now and uh, i take that and i shoot with that too because i'll put a wider lens on it mm. and get wide shots that way and convert them i'll shoot that with like a 21 uh, the q2 that's 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 got a 28 and okay. the did i you know used to be poo poo digital zoom but the digital zoom on that is amazing <laughs> we won't talk about about gear though, <laughs> i could easily shoot fuji all the time or sony or whatever it doesn't you know it doesn't doesn't matter but it's some things feel better in your hand yeah it is we all love the gear. Come on, let's let's admit it. Except, except for, for you. Except for you. <laughs> Your husband does. Yeah, this might be. I don't. <laughs> probably people will get mad about this, but this might be a woman thing because I've a lot of the women photographers. Not a lot, but I've heard more women photographers than men photographers say, "I don't really care about the gear." Yep. I just like taking pictures. So maybe I don't know. It could be. <laughs> and, and they take the better pictures. <laughs> Yeah, that's Ooh, true. That's... I mean, it's not scientific, but uh, you know, I've heard that same thing. I never really thought about it until you brought it up. Yeah, like uh, who do we have on recently? Priyanka Rao. Yeah, uh, she was that's like, fabulous. I don't really care about the gear. Yeah. Even Amy Touchet. Remember, she she went to the portfolio review, and the the woman was like, uh, "This is great, but you need a better camera." <laughs> <laughs> so well, she's she's stuck on the Roloflex, and she does great things with it. And yeah. her phone. True. Yeah. 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 So what's in the future for you, Bob? What's in the future for the magazine? Do you have more street photography projects you're working on? Uh, I've got that. I am going to start another project, which is time specific. We have lots of wineries here. Okay. And this doesn't include drinking wine, but... Uh, I've connected with uh, two guys who own a small winery, and I want to sort of document what happens through a whole, an entire season, spring oh, through cool. harvest, and and until they rack the wine. That's actually the um, 
uh, they move it, you know, after the first fermentation, they put it in barrels and then, you know, eventually you bottle it. So, so I want to go through a whole season with them. Now that it's springtime here, they're going to start getting busy. So, okay. So that, that's just a project, um, magazine wise, I, you know, I'm, I'm the techno geek there. And so I'm just trying to improve a lot of the functionality and things like that. Uh, you know, we're always looking for people with excellent articles, people to interview. We're so lucky. There are just so many very talented people. Yeah. Just amazingly talented people. And uh, which is what, you know, I didn't talk about this. You know, I really like finding people who are just excellent photographers that maybe nobody heard of. Yeah. And they should hear about them. Yeah. It's so nice to meet people who do amazing work just for the love of photography. Yeah. Yeah. They're good. They have something to teach, something any of us can learn from. And, um, you know, we should get, get more big name people on here. We can. But, uh, you know, I, I just really like finding very talented people. I, if you ever see the movie 20 Feet from Fame? No. And uh, Sting is in it. it. It's about the back rock and roll backup singers. Oh. And these <laughs> mainly women who sing backup, you know, yeah. and they're back behind. <laughs> That's why they call them backup. 20 feet they're from back fame. behind that 20 feet. <laughs> and they're amazing, amazing singers. And... Several of them have tried to make it, you know, big time as a solo artist. It's, it's a real struggle for them. Hmm. And uh, um, and that happens a lot in photography. Yeah. Um, I had a a jazz singer say to me the other day, just just out of the blue, he was just he was sitting there and before they were starting to rehearse, and he just mumbles to me, you don't know what it's like being an entertainer and nobody knows who you are. <laughs> you know, and I thought, yeah, I do. <laughs> we have a magazine full of people who should be famous. Yeah. And maybe are. I mean, some, some are, that definitely. But um, so I like that a lot. I, I didn't answer your question, did I? I completely changed the subject. No, you didn't. Oh, yeah, well, so what's up? So we want to do more of that. Yeah, we're here for you, backup singers, yeah. underdogs. <laughs> yeah, and we're just, you know, we're always trying new things. Uh, we started, you know, we changed the magazine format almost a year ago, mm-hmm. where we publish throughout the month, and we email. Uh, yeah. Subscribers receive an email of the article, which they can read in their email or go, you know, go see it on the, on a website. Yeah, I like seeing it in the email, hopefully. It's Hopefully working really does. well. Yeah. When I remember to send it to the right community. We have a couple <laughs> different lists. A little inside baseball. We have subscriber We've had some lists. Glitches. <laughs> yeah, we do have some glitches. Mainly it's human know, error. Human error. It's always human error. Yeah, once I sent once I sent a regular article out to non subscribers. Yeah. And uh, so they liked it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm wondering if do? we should. I'm wondering if we should do more gear-related stuff. Um, generally, we don't. But yeah. people love it. 
just go on YouTube. You can see 50 videos on how to do street photography with an X100V or, yep, it's true. you know, a, <laughs> you know, a, a Leica M246 or whatever. Yep. We, true. By the way, we want to provide more meat than that. So, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So is there any, um, before we go, I don't know, I, I didn't even look at the time, but uh, is there any particular articles that jumped out at you over the years? Yeah, that's such just, a hard question. There's so many that when I think back to them, I think, oh, yeah, that was such a good one. And yeah, I remember this so bad. I'm going to have to look up the photographer's name again. But I remember early on, we spoke to a guy. Um, I remember his mother tongue was Spanish and his first name started with an M. <laughs> there you go, him. But yeah. <laughs> But he had done some amazing documentary project projects, and one was in this community where, in I believe Africa, where every it was like a like a community for people who had HIV and AIDS. And he, uh, do you remember him? Yeah. <clears throat> and I just remember that was kind of like a start for me with like, wow, documentary photography is just so powerful, and it can be light and. And entertaining but it can also just be so important and deep and heavy yeah or not heavy but make you think. i don't know it's yeah mm -hmm. and how street photography and documentary photography might be different but in their own ways they're all documenting the progression of humans <laughs> which is also something that human I, condition whatever yeah. that is the the other person who recently we interviewed who was really good for me personally and here i am with the names again um she took her kids and raised them like when they were like one and a half and went over to hong kong help me out with the name bob ellen ellen yes see i i haven't been sleeping again just gonna throw that no. out there Baby yeah, seating. She, she has a, <laughs> the, a, the I don't know, is he a toddler now? No, I guess not yet. He's One teasing. year. Yeah. So her something I learned from her is because a lot of people we've spoken to over these years have said, My kids grew up and then I started doing street photography because now I had time and and I it was discouraging for me to think back on that because I just had a kid. So I was like, well, maybe street photography is going to have to be on hold for 20 years and <laughs> I can pick it back up later. But what she brought out is that just keep taking photos, even if it's your kid at home. Photography is photography. Yes. And when you are able to take it to the street again, if you've continued to photograph the whole time, you'll still have the skills. Whereas if you just say, ah, forget it, I'll pick it up later, then you got to work on the skills again. So just whatever you have in front of you, whatever's available to you to photograph, shoot it. That's right. And you can take a documentary approach and you can keep building your skills. And when you do have time <laughs> or when you can incorporate it into your life again, it's there. The street is there. Yeah. By the way, I, I forgot her. I can't believe I forgot her last name. It's Ellen Friedlander. Friedlander. Yep. Mm -hmm. See, and, it was in there. <laughs> yes, and you know what? That's good. That's that's a lesson you learned. You wrote a really good article about that. 
got a couple complaints. People said, that's not street photography. Obviously, yeah. they didn't read it. Which because, it's, it's not. <laughs> it's not no, street it's photography. No, it's not. <laughs> this, is, this, is, but this is why I, I'm doing this. So, yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, you know, some people may ask, we're leaving this to later in the show. How do I, you know, how do I submit a photo mm. or how do I submit a, a photo or how do I submit an article to the magazine? Mm -hmm. And I'll just say, or you can say it. I, every month we select six photos from one submitted to us. Sometimes we'll take them out of our Facebook group, by the way. Mm -hmm. uh, when you post to our Facebook group, one of the rules is you're, you're allowing us to use a photo in the magazine. And, but anybody who submits, they retain the copyright. We don't claim copyright on anybody's mm -hmm. work. It's theirs. Anyway. So on our website, streetphotographymagazine.com in the main menu, which actually you have to hit the little hamburger icon and it pops up on the side. You see submissions. You can submit single photos. Please keep them to, 2,000 pixels on the long side. Don't send us giant photos. <laughs> and there's a little form there. So you just submit it. We get them every day. <laughs> a lot of them. And then we also accept uh, photo stories, projects, gear reviews, um, lots of things. And then there's a, another form for that. Article submissions. So please do. We get yeah. them all the time. Love to see your work. And hopefully we'll select it. Um, what do you get as a subscriber? Okay, time for the commercial. No, we've been doing this for <laughs> 10 years. Yeah. We have a an excellent archive of articles on many different subjects related to street photography. So when you subscribe, you have access to our entire entire catalog going back mm -hmm. 10 years um and as well as all the current stuff we publish six articles a month six yeah yeah six articles a month okay i, I should know this <laughs> throughout the month and we every month we feature one person most months and mm -hmm. uh um so we always have a featured photographer and uh we have articles, you know, submitted by people around the world on lots of different topics and to give you lots of inspiration. Yeah. And I'll add, if you're thinking about submitting, but you feel like, oh, my writing's not up to par or yeah. I don't know about my photos, just submit because sometimes we can offer you feedback that might be helpful. That's so, right. Ashley does. And, Ashley, she's an excellent writer and always gives help. And yeah, and what? especially like on the writing end, don't worry about that. We can help you uh, turn your article into something publish worthy. Yeah. Yep. And don't send a hundred photos. Yeah. Just send, <laughs> send eight, ten photos uh, to tell the story. And um, we're all tempted to just send everything on the card. Yeah. But we have lots of articles. You could do a search on the yeah on our website uh, about editing or curating yep. your work. We have tons of good tips on that um, from us and from other photographers. So if you are having trouble 
getting your selection down, check that out too. That's what we say. Okay, do this in eight photos. Mm -hmm. Makes it tough. It does. Yeah, it makes it, uh, you know, you, gotta, you have to make tough choices. I guess if you want to print a book and have 500 photos in it, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> or if you want to get 500 photos out there, use your Instagram for that. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> Just don't put them all in on one day. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, very good. Yeah. So, so where Bob, are we? We're at the final question, which is, oh. Bob Patterson, where can people find you? Oh, that. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Well, uh, obviously in the magazine, streetphotographymagazine.com, um, my Instagram, which I don't use very much, I'm trying to do it more, um, is at R-B-P-A-T-T, and then my personal website, which I'm getting ready to do a major redo, major, it needs it. Everybody has an excuse about their website. <laughs> I know how to do it. I'm too busy working on the magazine. It's uh, bobpatterson.me. And uh, yeah, I've got a, speaking of self-editing, I've got a lot of scaling back to do in there. <laughs> Just feature current projects. Well, good. And um, yeah, that's all I can think of where to find me. I'm not going to give you my address. <laughs> I've got his address. If anybody wants it, I can. Oh, okay. Just send me a message later. I've got yours. <laughs> well, thanks, Bob. I'm glad we could share the story of you and the magazine with everybody. Well, thank you. I appreciate you uh, interviewing me. I hope um, I hope it was interesting. Your thoughts about the show go a long way in helping us decide on the guests and the subjects that we include in each episode. So, please take a few moments to write a review in Apple Podcasts or whatever service you use to stream your podcasts. It helps us know if we're on the right track, and it helps others to find and enjoy the show. The editor of Street Photography Magazine is Ashley Refo, and our audio engineer is Russell Boyd from WeBit Studios, found at webitstudios.co.uk. I'm Bob Patterson, and this is the Street Photography Magazine podcast, a service of Street Photography Magazine. <music>